You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. <laughs> Have you ever lost sleep because of a bad breakup? <laughs> Don't leave me. Have you ever got so confused about what you want to do with your life and your career? <laughs> I know I have, but don't worry about it. Everybody goes through that, including celebrities. This is that twenty show. Hey guys, it's me Ken Wasman back on that twenty show, my podcast all about being in your twenties—the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't want to start off this episode being very long-winded because I think my guest today needs no introduction. We are colleagues. Well, we hardly get to see each other. Lah. I'm doing the night show. He's doing the breakfast show for Mix every morning. He is one of the wackiest people you've ever seen on TV. One of the most hyper people you hear on radio. But he has been a 20-year-old once upon a time. So we're going to know all about his 20s. Everybody, the one and only Prem Shankar in the house. Keanu, Keanu, my man. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. I've been listening to it. I love it. I mean, I've seen the guests on your show and I was jealous. I'm like, when is this boy going to call me? Huh? I had a feeling he would like suddenly like give a thumbs up every time I post a picture of me and my guest or he'll do the hundred, you know, like the reactions, right? Then I'm like, Prem, actually the reason why is because I'm nervous, you know, like senior, senior, like that. Like, oh my God, oh my God. I- <laughs> but I knew I had to get you on the show. So let's start mm. off with getting to know your 20s on a general scale. Was it very colourful? Was it all cool and chill? Everything was handed to you? Or were there a lot of bad years in your 20s? I wouldn't call it bad, but it was not handed to me. I got to pay respects to my dad. So my dad handed me a very good life lesson. So I was in college, one of the colleges I joined back then. And I wanted to do information technology, IT lah. Masatu didn't call it IT. Right, okay. right. And this is because I just wanted to connect with my dad. My dad was an IT guy. And growing up, we were not very close. My dad is a man of few words. So I thought, you know, by doing a subject that I could talk to him about, we could, you know, have more conversations. Turns out that was a bad idea because I failed completely. I'm a guy that needs to be in the arts and entertainment. Right? I was about to say, thank goodness you failed. Had you succeeded, yeah. I don't think you'd be here. You wouldn't be on Mix every morning. Yeah. So when I failed, obviously my dad taught me a very, at that point I thought it was a hard lesson so I, you know, I wouldn't use the word but I hated him for it, right? But it turns out to be the best ever life lesson. So at the age of 19, kind of failed and my dad said, right, that's it. You think going to college is fun and failing? I'm not going to pay for your education anymore. You go and work. You right. need to learn value of money so me being egoistic and all that like yeah you what you think I can't do this yeah watch me do it yeah 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 <laughs> trying to prove him so wrong at the age of 19 I started working so this is where it all started for me so I ended up in the call center because that call center is where you just need to talk and at that time one of the telcos one of the big telcos they had this prepaid system I said to prepaid like still new like <laughs> and prepaid so was the same thing also back then right like if you have prepaid yeah, it's cooler than a postpaid users I don't know if you're young enough or old enough to know that this this prepaid, the blue color one. Oh, the blue color one I used also last time. Got, 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 got. So the blue color one back then had two systems, you know. You had to reload for your airtime. Okay. And you had to reload for your credit also, no? For airtime, meaning? Yeah, you see, exactly. So, this telco company, they were then migrating from this two-card system to the one-card system where you just reload one time for okay. everything. Like. So it was a short-term contract. We went in and that's where I started. Right. So every day, my job was to pick up the phone and say, Hello, selamat petang. Prem bercakap. Please bantu. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about six, seven months, something like this. And the money we earned at that time was, whoa, big money. Thousand ringgit at that time was big money. Oh, right? yeah. Wait, what year was this? Early 2000s. 
early 2000s. So when this contract ended, I used this experience in my resume to join another telco. So I joined the yellow color telco. Oh, you're jumping to all the telcos and now the telcos are engaging you for campaigns. <laughs> That's when I realized I like to talk to people. So after that gig happened, I decided to join another uni and go back to studying. So I convinced my dad, I'm like, hey, you know, look, I learned my lesson, blah, blah, blah. Halfway through this other uni, this is when my emceeing career began. The Hits Cruises had an opening. And a friend of mine saw the ad put out and he says, Hey bro, you know what? Why don't you try? You're always the life of the body, you know, amongst our friends, you talk so much. Go put your mouth where the money is, literally. Mm -hmm. So I applied for the Hits Cruises, got the job, and the rest is history. It's history. But at 19, I started working. So at 2004 is when I landed my gig with Hits. And I was full-time studying by part-time working because the Hits Cruisers is a part-time gig. But you know that's the problem when you Wait, see but the By money. the way, guys, if you all don't know what a Hits Cruiser is, because now we don't have cruisers anymore, right? Oh, yeah. Cruisers, how do you describe it? Huh? You guys are the ones who give freebies around town, right? Yeah, so if you see the cars with the big sign of the station on it go around and then people <laughs> in the middle of the road giving out free stuff, that was us. And imagine, I pray was doing that once upon a time, guys. Now you hear him every morning, right? Last time, he wasn't in the studio yet. He was out there giving up free cans of... In the hot sun. In the hot sun, going around without waste, by the way, guys. Okay, sorry to cut you off. Back to you. No, no, no. Great, great explanation. So basically, we were also the ambassadors of the station. In right. Way. And I was, like I said, studying full-time, working part-time. But that's where another life change happened. So you know, when you start seeing money, unfortunately, studies is like, Alamak, I got money already. I'm so like, I'm Oh my God. Don't I tell me you dropped. quit, Prem. Yeah, I quit studying. I dropped out of college. <laughs> oh I quit no. For the second time. Second time. Oh my God. So I started with the cruises. I was with the cruises for two years. Mm -hmm. And this is the defining moment of my 20s. It was just amazing. So with the cruises, right, you don't earn much. Maximum you can earn is 1,005 mm -hmm. at that time. And obviously, you're still living with your parents so you don't have to pay rent kind of baju all chukis niri maybe your parents and all but <clears throat> it teaches you so much about life it teaches mm -hmm. you humility it teaches you the hardship of life because as cruisers people thought it was a glamorous job yeah working for a radio station but technically we were the coolies because yeah the announcers were the stars yeah. and we so for example if there's an event you go there we set up literally set up the sound system put up the bun things in the hot sun, right. or whatever. Yeah. But you're working the sun, dude. You're setting up the sound system. But it taught us two things. It taught us how, how to manage an event because if anything went wrong, even if the mic isn't working, it's on you. Not only that, so everyone is given a job. Okay, so yeah. okay, you do your job, set up the bun things. Your dude, your job, set up the sound. Dude, yeah. your job, make sure there's drinks. So you carry like cartons and Cartons. I remember working with the cruisers back then as well. It was such a fun job. I loved every moment. Oh, but you enjoyed it. Every day of my life. Ask me wow. if I will go back to it. Ask any one of the cruisers at my batch if you will drop whatever it is to get a day in the cruisers, we would do it any day. Oh, good days huh, back then. Huh? Amazing days. Because it was oh. no fuss. You earn that money, that money is for you. And I remember my friends and I, we used to help each other. So one day, say for example, you were the guy with the car. Masatu, you know, not everybody has cars, right? So yeah. say Keanu designated picker upper for everybody else. Okay. Your car, mati Rotex. You know what oh. we all do? What? We would all tong our salary and pay for your Rotex. Wow. The team yeah. spirit is really strong like that. Right? If anything that, happens, it's okay. Good, you know? We are together. You know, from this, right, it goes to show that 
finding your true calling isn't really straight cut all the time. Like for you as well, right? Like how you went to IT first to please your father, you flunked, okay lah. You worked at a call center first and then also, okay, after a while, not for me. And then you became a cruiser first, in which I did realize that a lot of announcers started from being cruisers, kind of like Ryan, Maja Ryan. Yeah, it builds your character. Mm-hmm. Ah man, no wonder my character is terrible. I didn't start from being a cruiser. No wonder. That way it all makes sense. <laughs> it teaches you, like I said, the humility of things. And it teaches you that not everything is glamorous because it's a part-timer salary with filling the timesheet. So at one time, you will not believe this. So we traveled a lot back then because I think Hits was the only station without competition. I mean, there was Mix and all, but obviously Hits being the number one station, yeah. most of the clients would come to Hits. Mm-hmm. I was on the road. I was in every different city in this country, every state, every week. Sometimes I went to Penang four times a month. Whoa. So the good thing here is we got to live in five-star hotels. Whoa. And everything is paid for. I'm surprised. That's quite glamorous. Our pocket, because we were earning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how we we teach us you to survive, right? We got the good hotels, four-star, five-star, right? We would never miss breakfast and we would eat sampai kenyang nak mampus. It's the free, the buffet, hotel buffet. buffet. We would eat and eat and eat until we're so kenyang so we can skip lunch and tahan until later. <laughs> Whoa. Just because you have a busy money. day ahead anyway, right? No, just to save money. Oh, just to save money. That's a smart Yeah, choice. I mean, we put our lunch breaks and all, but dude, like I said, we're earning like 1,005 is maximum. You get lucky, yeah? Yeah. Even though it's like 100, 900 ringgit. That's crazy, Literally. man. How to survive when you had 100 bucks. Exactly. It's a part-timer's job. Uh, so there's this one time we went to JB and at that time we were giving out bread. Every state we went to, we would contact the supplier of the bread. Lah. You know which one I'm talking about? Lah? The one that recently raised their price. <laughs> the tagline is the more, huh? you see? <laughs> so what happened? Okay, so this is the story, right? So it was month end. Salary was supposed to muscle but something happened. There was some mess up somewhere. <sighs> Do it, that muscle. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And we were, again, I let me remind you because we earned so little, we were at the brink of our money lah. Like, macam tak much duit like that, right? Right. So, we all correct-correct our pocket. Alamak, all no money. We all were in JB. In JB, ah. This is malam already. So, the hotel buffet pun, obviously, tak Yeah. So, we were thinking how to do this. So, we looked at the back of the car. We said, oh, okay, we've got bread. All right, great. The last loaf of bread, we had extra, like we didn't give out. So we got one loaf of bread. I said, okay. So we correct, correct, correct the coin compartment, correct wallet, correct this. We managed to get about five ringgit. Oh my God. For we all of you. Three of us, I remember. Three of us. Wow. Okay. Five to six ringgit, I remember this. So we went to a mama. We asked, what can we get for this? So we said, okay, let's get curry and whatever pieces we can get for six ringgit. So the flag gave us one big breast and one half breast. Oh okay. my goodness. We went back to the hotel, three of us, chicha roti and makan. Things like this you'll never forget, can It's really a simple <laughs> choice in life. I mean, of <laughs> course, you didn't have money at the point, but at the same time, five bucks and you guys had to... Wow. Like I said, it's survival skills, right? So it makes you think on the street, like, okay, how am I going to survive this? I can't just be a whiner and cry. I mean, we could have like called our parents and say, can you bank in money? But dude, that's not survival. What if you are in a country far, far away and you can't get in touch with your parents and you, I mean, yeah, again, technology these days is a lot easier. You WhatsApp, you can WhatsApp money lah, some yeah. money lah. Yeah, yeah. But that's a good point though, you know, because you did mention just now that you could just call your parents and say like, oh, I've got no money, bank in something, but that's not survival. So let's talk more about that. 
you know, yeah. was money a big issue for you in your 20s? Because now, obviously, you know, you're doing a breakfast show, which we all know you guys are high, high-paying announcers. But what about now? I mean, what, what about back then? Don't assume where I'm It's the truth, okay, guys? Because of them, I get so cheap put. I get like this, what he earned last time from the cruiser. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Joking, I was you. I know how much you earned because I was at your seat at one point, okay? <laughs> it's different, okay? Times have changed, okay? Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> but yeah, do you face any like money issues? Major ones in your 20s? That mean you yeah, of course. Oh, you, you had eh, those times? All the time. But you know what? That drove me to just go out and do everything and anything. So my mid-twenties is where I really decided to take charge of my life. After the cruises, I got very lucky because that's when the competitor radio station opened up. They hired me and that's where my career kind of took a rise. I was very lucky, very blessed. So I started off on the night show, eventually doing evening show. Then I was on the breakfast show or that station. But it's also when I went on TV. Yes. So I was on the ATV Quickie for five years. I was in the competitor radio station for eight years. So this is my mid-twenties, which is amazing, right? Okay. So that is when I decided to do everything and anything. So I was on TV. I was on radio. I also picked up DJing. Oh, like legit DJing? Club DJing. Whoa. So I went for classes with my then partner, Jules. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be like a duo. I still remember Daft Punk. You remember Daft Punk? Oh my God, Yeah. Oh. So we wanted to be like Daft Punk lah, and then we had our names and all. We were supposed to call ourselves like Supreme Jewels. I don't know what nonsense. Jules and I, my radio partner. Yeah. So we went for classes together. Okay, we learned on the vinyls. And then for some reason, Jules dropped out. I continued pursuing. And then I started playing in the clubs. And so, yeah. Everything you wanted to do. I tapped out. Everything out there. Because uh-huh. I wanted to earn a lot of money. I thought you were going to say like, but then again, I had a terrible burnout at some point And then I overspent my money. Oh no, I saved and saved and saved and saved and saved. Very good. You remind me of myself. But then, there's a story to that. Let's hear it. Another dream of mine was to always own a bar, a restaurant. Okay. So, it's still in my 20s. Towards the end of it, I opened up my own pub. Wow. An English pub. But that's where life teaches you another lesson. So, let's just say I had a very good savings. I saved a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what the amount is, but let yeah. me just throw you, it was six figures. Wow. I saved up, yeah. I saved up that amount. In I your 20s years. itself? Well, mid-20s onwards. Lah. Still crazy, man. Yeah. You know, because like I told you, I had income from TV. I had income from emceeing gigs as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I paid all my taxes. Uh, just putting it out there. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> but, but because I managed to save and I wanted to save, then I opened yeah. up a pub. Unfortunately, that I didn't work. When you venture into something new, you have to pay full attention. Yeah. You have to invest. You have to commit. So this is a lesson I'd like to speak to the, all the 20-year-olds. Uh, don't just dabble in something half-heartedly. Commit. I didn't go in half-heartedly, but I didn't commit fully. You get what I'm trying to say? I do. It was not full Because I was still doing radio. I was still doing TV. I was still club DJing. And here I am now, a restaurant owner. And running an F&B, it's not easy. Because Mm -hmm. the smallest things like having no salt in your restaurant can become a big issue amongst your partners. Example. And in the F&B industry, it's very easy to silang money. Let's put it that way. Among partners. Among partners, but not that my partners did it. Mismanagement of funds, your staff stealing money from you. It's a given. Yeah, all sorts of things can happen, right? It's a given. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they don't even have to take physical money, but there's a way of taking money mm-hmm. without taking money. Right. Got you. So what happened after that? Did, did it survive? Did the business survive? Three years. Three years? Three years. True. We were kind of doing well and then suddenly we took a dip and from... 
when the dip hit, unfortunately, we couldn't climb back up. It was a bad hit after that. And let me guess. I hope this is not the case, but did it take a toll on your savings? Oh, yeah. No! All the money you accumulated over the years. Zero. Oh my God. Drained out like that. Yeah, drained out. Drained out. Oh my God. That's the risk of doing your own business, can't Yeah. Yeah, that is the risk. What, what do you, what do you learn from that? Like, what was the biggest mistake that caused it's a, it? It's a great life lesson. That um, The two lessons that I learned is, thank God, I did not leave my day job. It could have played out two ways. One is, I could have made this a really successful business, opened up my own chains, franchise, or it could have gone exactly like how it went, and I would have been out of two jobs. No restaurant, no radio, no TV, no whatever, right? One of the lessons is it's always good to have a backup plan. Agreed. Even if it's a small, tiny backup plan, have a backup plan. Yeah, and I do think that it's very important to have a solid income every month. I used to yeah. think that, right, when we want to enter the show business, we're like, oh, it's okay, I want to freelance, man. I do a bit of TV. I do a bit of this settle. But once I got to radio, that's when I realized how important it is, especially in this pandemic, you know, because I'm losing a lot of my outside jobs, but at least my solid income. You and me together, bro. That is the thing. So I feel so grateful that at least yeah. our stable income is still here, you know. But at that point, you still had your radio job, your TV job. So your backup was still there, lah. So you could still fall back on those things. Let's talk about the aftermath of that, you know, because normally money issues could be one of the biggest causes of depression for example in some people what was the worst thing that happened to you at that point because of that I had to change my lifestyle in a way it wasn't very drastic because I still had a salary coming in but yeah. prior to this because I knew for a fact that I had sustainable money in the bank account I could do whatever I want whenever I want yeah. I'm not trying to brag, but this is another lesson. So in my mid-20s is when I purchased my first German technology car. Ooh, if you know what I mean. Yes. And that's an achievement because like, it was my dream to drive the German car. You know which one I'm talking about. Like. Oh, guten Tag. I know, I know. <laughs> you know? So after buying one, I drove it for a year. I got bored because I didn't realize enough power. I went to the showroom. The guy showed me, hey, maybe you want to buy this one. And I changed it to that one. Oh my God. You were living the yeah. dream man, back then. Obviously, once everything goes downhill, I changed. I had to tone it down. I had to remember like, okay, now you can't do things like this. Yes. We have to reset. If I had gone out every... And, I, and I'm very generous. Like, this, thing. this is my wife will confirm this. When I go out and when I get a little happy after drinking happy juice, I feel very generous. I'm like, hey man, the next bottle is on me. Right? <laughs> not even conscious you saying that, Ken. Yeah, and then so like, all right, shot, shot for the whole bar, it's on me. I used to do silly things like this. And when my wife and I got together, she so got her to arrange my receipts for me for taxes purposes. <laughs> and she's like, did I marry an alcoholic? Or am I going out with an alcoholic? <laughs> oh my God! That's a fair question, considering all the things that she's been seeing you spend on. Yeah, so obviously, all these things change, you know. I had to be a lot more critical. You know, and then, you know, when you are so generous, suddenly you're thinking, I fought with myself a lot. Here comes another lesson. Sometimes we always worry about what people think about us. Like, dulu dulu, I'm like, hey, dude, don't worry lah. You tell me, hey, no lah, dude, I got no money. Can you come on lah, don't worry, it's on me. Come on, I got you, bro. Yeah. And then now you say the same line and you're expecting me to say, Kenu, don't worry lah. I'm like, oh, okay lah, let's not go out. Okay. thought in my head, oh my God, is Kenu going to think I am not cool anymore? Is Kenu going to think I'm greedy? Suddenly, this fella so can't you know, asking for money. Especially because back then you were so generous, kan? That's the huge difference. If we were always the kind back then, you're macam, oh, you could. When we have money, we go out. But you were always the kind who were like, it's okay, I will tong for you. And then now when you yeah. see your priorities change, financial priorities change, then when you change, people might see that drastic difference. And I think, I don't know about you, but I feel personally that this is a battle that every 20-year-old goes through, especially when you hit 20 onwards. We think a lot of what people think about us. We become people pleasers at some point. Also. Yes. Especially now, right? With social media, 
the peer pressure is worse. It's double, you know. Back then, the social pressure was out there at the restaurants, at the at the bars where your friends are. Like, hey, this guy not buying shots now, True. right? What are they going to comment? What are they going to reply to the story? What if they all comment back? things like, ew, what are you wearing? So last season, oh my god, it's like double platforms for hatred to be shown. Eh? Uh, the life lesson here is, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, as you grow older, you tend not to care anymore. If you can instill it now, it's very good. Like not to care anymore. Right. Because as much as you think your friends are going to be there in 20 years, when you're 25, you think 45, yeah, we're still going to be tight. We're going to be a crew. It's only 50% true. I promise you this. Things over time, huh, the circle. And you will realize that it's not a bad thing because the smaller the circle, the tighter the crew and the lesser the drama. I love this so much. You know why? Because I'm slowly seeing that now. And also, you know who you can trust. To me, like, you know, I feel like yeah. rather than telling so- everybody... What's the point? And yet, like half of them doesn't even care about you anyway. So much so you Correct. really know who I can tell my personal issues to and whatsoever. Yeah. It's more quality over quantity. And your 20s, if you want to be quantity, trust me, I know this. I wanted to be that popular kid. I wanted to be called by this group. And then when that group say, I can say, sorry lah, I'm busy. I'm with this group. And then, yeah. wow. And that group want to call me and I'm like, yeah, I wanted to be that kid. Yeah. And at 25, I had so many friends. I'm like, yeah, you are my crew. We all going to die together. Blood for life. You know, all that pack you make when you hit 35, boom, 20% of the crew is gone. And maybe at first you would feel the absence of them. be like, oh man, what happened? But after a while you realize, hey, actually, I actually prefer it this way. You're right. I struggle because I'm a social bird. Yeah, me too. When my friends started disappearing, I felt it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wronged them. I called up friends. Did I do anything wrong to you? Why are you not my friend? You really did that? I did that. And I, and I said, look, if I have done you wrong, forgive me. You know, boys being boys, the whole ego, macho. Hey, dude, don't be so emo. La. And then that got to me like, am I being an emo bird right now? Overthinker. I'm an overthinker. La. I overthink this. I overthink. this happened in your 30s or 20s? 30s, is it? No, no mid-20s, oh. uh, late-20s, early-30s. Wow. Yeah. That, that's something I yeah. went through very recently actually so I love hearing about this please go on I can relate so much yes. it depends on how sociable you are as a person Yeah. the more you rely on the love of your friends and friendship which was me I surrounded my life with my friends I would do anything for my friends mm-hmm. I assumed that my friends would do anything for me but it's only 50% mm-hmm. true but eventually you're going to find people who actually reciprocate yeah. your love which is the best part I absolutely. Think. absolutely you know as you grow older you give love and it's not wrong to expect love back. It is absolutely... Yes. It's only human to feel that way. So now, I'm at this journey of life. I'm in my... Oh my God, I was going to say mid-30s, but hell no, I'm in my late 30s. <laughs> late already? Uh, I thought mid-30s. Late ah? What, 37? Bundarkan 40 in three years? Oh my God. So, Prem said this, how you were announcer? Never do research. Uh. Normally, we got guests on the show. We check our guest age first, you know. I felt like you were very young. I didn't want to check. I've never grown up since I was 25. I really... <laughs> you stopped that. At 25, I told myself I'm not going to grow up anymore. Wow, okay. I feel 25 is the right age for you to mature as an adult. T-shirt, jeans yeah, kind of yeah, guy. Yeah. Trust me, still- Prem dresses more millennial than me. Uh, I'm very uncle. You see me in the office. Last time, once upon a time, I had leather shoes with T-shirt and jeans, Prem. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that. So yeah, I still live the Kecho life. As you know, Keanu, I'm yeah, noisy. Yeah. Because of my personality, I, I still stuck in the 25. Yeah. But in other terms... I did grow up. I realized um, it was tough for me to move on. Now at this age, I had to realize that it's okay not to give love to friends who don't know how to love you back. Yeah. And my friends from back then say like 20, yeah, my blood, my blood. 
it's probably gone down to maybe five, six. Right, right. And the rest of the 15, 15 are just, yeah, dude, you want to meet up? You meet up. We're because friends, la, still friends. But when you really trust, it, it shrinks, can? Trust, I would trust more. Oh, okay. But in meeting up and hanging out, like, you know, you get tired after a while if you keep trying, trying, trying. Yeah. And then when the person is like, you are, say if you keep calling all the time, I say if I keep calling you all the time, and you don't end up calling me. You will trust her. You know? Do I need yeah. to call you all the time? Yeah, I think, right, in our 20s, there's going to be a point where we really sit down and we're going to have this, I believe it's like an identity crisis kind of thing. You know, because you're yeah. like, what do I really want? All this while you've been doing this. And it felt good. It felt okay. You felt like the love was reciprocated. Also, because we were younger, we didn't really reflect thoroughly, right? And then you reach a point where you're like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? You know, does this person actually really like me? Are they annoyed with me? Like for me, it happened last year. I just went through this whole anxiety phase about people. You know, I felt like, oh my God, am I losing touch with this person? And friends whom I thought would be best friends with me till the day I die. People, people, much of the way we talk is different. Again, with technology, it's even worse because it's like how they reply on WhatsApp and everything. And you're like, am I being too busy with work? Am I neglecting them? I would overthink things just like how you said you overthought back then as well. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, am I doing it wrong? And then I would initiate our things and everything until it felt too forced. And that's yeah. when I knew that, you know, it was wrong. But moving forward, like now, it's been a year since I felt all of those. It was definitely, I think about 10 months of crap, like, you know, because I was just like, all these, imp- uh, what do they call that? Impulsive thoughts or something. I don't know what my friends used to say that. But now, I feel happier. Also, I've become yes. more of a homebody. You know, I, I don't really like going out that much. I will only go out with certain people. And I no longer feel lonely, you know. And that was something that I really wanted. To me, it's okay if it shrinks. As long as I don't feel lonely throughout my life. Thinking, oh my God, I lost so many people, right? I feel your struggle. I'm glad that you have achieved such great thoughts at a young age like this. Because for me, it only hit me recently. This whole lonely feeling. I did feel lonely when this whole oh, culling of... it's great that you felt it now because for me thank god i had a good support system which was my wife yeah she's more level-headed than me and she's like you know what it's fine it's fine you live your own life yeah at one point you have to start loving yourself more than you love other people true and my wife she constantly reminds me you would drop anything for your friends you would do it and she's seen me do it when was the point that you realized um, you were becoming an adult with your thoughts, you know, with your decisions? When I decided to get married. Oh, really? I should get married now then? Because <laughs> I need to adult ASAP. Me. The one point when I knew I was really, really becoming an adult okay. is okay. So after I got together with my wife, Kara, and obviously I knew I wanted to move. I couldn't expect her to stay in Klang. I mean, I was used to traveling and living in Klang and all, but right. I can't expect a to partner to live with your yeah. parents and travel out to KL every day mm-hmm. especially if you're not used to the travel then it will yeah. lead to a lot of stress and then I realized that okay I would also not want my parents to pay any money for our weddings neither mm-hmm. did I want Kara's parents to pay for the wedding two reasons one is because we are responsible adults two is because when you allow your parents to pay for the wedding they have a say yes that is true especially Asian parents hey good choice because last year, your wedding was beautiful. I mean, of course, guys, that time I only knew Prem for a while, so I wasn't invited yet. But I saw the pictures. I got a 3D view. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. The first adult decision I made, I decided that it was time to sell my German car, the one that I love so much. My heart hurts. My heart hurts, Prem. Ouch. And I said that because, because you know, you're paying for a German car, you pay premium price because it's a premium car. I said, okay, it is now 
on to make a life decision, downgrade to something affordable because that extra money, maybe that extra 1,000 ringgit can be used to pay house rent. Right. That is such an adult thought, isn't it? Or to buy groceries or to save for a holiday fund. Whatever it is. Right, right. I mean, not that I'm complaining because I have a beautiful wife now, a beautiful home. Uh, my daughter's need. Yep. Sacrifice was worth it. But to answer your question, that was the first ever adult decision I made. I'm like, okay. Oh my God, it must have been hard though. It was like the love of your life. You put your blood, sweat and tears into that car. My first wife has always been my vehicles. See? Always. Even back then with my ex-girlfriends, they knew they could never come between me and my car. Like, okay, that's car. it, guys. That's it, guys. I, I got myself a clickbait title already for this one. Prem got a divorce, actually, before this marriage. Uh, actually, yes. That's <laughs> why. Don't even divorce. Like, touch wood. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, with the car, with the car, guys. With a German woman. Uh, and this non-existent. Yeah, 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 yeah. This German woman that he had to say bye-bye to. But did it take long for you to decide? Or was it just like a, okay, I decide, sell lah. I was like, no, should I, should I not? I wanted to get married to Kara. I knew. The moment we met, I was like, this is the girl I want to be with. Yeah. So it was a very quick decision. And yeah, so Kara, I got to experience my German car. And then she obviously left to Australia to continue her studies to finish her master's. Right. I was doing that transition. I was like, uh, baby, I'm, I'm selling the car. Oh, she was supportive, huh? Well, she was supportive. I mean, That's nice. she's always been supportive in all my decisions. But my wife, I can say is as crazy as me. Yeah. Just more level-headed. Because mm-hmm. I make a, like, super crazy decisions and then she was like, okay, look, let's be crazy, but let's also think about it. Yes. I think we all need that balance in a relationship, in a family or whatever. There has to be that one person. I think in my family, that's me. You know, I'm like, okay, guys, let's sit down. I call myself the uncle of the family. Youngest, but always the uncle. Like, yeah, it's yeah, good, yes. you know, at least yeah, there's someone level-headed. And- I guess so. But then again, it comes from bad experiences too, you know, from the terrible right. decisions I've made. And so I believe like the human mind is very complex. However, we are now, it is a result from, you know, years of experience, bad or good experiences. Can But I like how you mentioned about this because I think one of the most adult things that happen to us is when it comes to money how we spend I used to shop like crazy for clothes when I was with our sister company back then two years back oh my god it was my first taste of my own money so I was like every time gaji masuk new clothes I go to the store with the since we're playing alphabets now every time we talk about brands I went to the Z store uh, from Spain right so which one are you talking about fast fashion (laughs) <laughs> the fast fashion one, yes, yes. So I used to go there, thump, thump, swipe my card, buy, 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 buy. And I would just come back shamelessly because I stayed with my mom right there. So yeah, what do you buy? New clothes, new suits, in which, huh, two years later, I can't even fit in any of those suits anymore. I was thinner two years ago. I didn't realize that two years later, adulting also comes in a package of this. You know what's on yes. here? Something that 20-year-olds out there, please take note as well. A lay low on the donuts. And I think last year was the year which really changed everything for me. Yeah. I told myself, you know what? I need to get a house in the next three years. Like buy a proper house. Because I knew for a fact that I want to stay with my mom and my brother. And we've been renting houses. Moving is so tedious. It's very tiring, you know. And my mom is not getting any younger as well. So, Alhamdulillah, I just got a house this year with my mom. Which Congratulations. Is you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, But then again, you know, it all started with just one single adult thought of like, you know what, I got to look after my money even more. But anywho, Prem, to cap this all off, what is something you want to tell all the 20s out there who are really confused in life now? It's okay to be selfish. It's okay to say no. Don't hate yourself for trying to save. Even when it comes to showing love, remember to show love to yourself first. And those to who are really, really, really important around you. And if someone says you're selfish, you're not showing love to this person, that person, okay, so be it. And I think in our 20s, right, this is really the decade where we learn what self-love is. 
to us, it's like, I, this is what I thought before I hit my 20s or be- before I hit all these terrible moments in my 20s. I thought, what is self-love anyway? I'm okay with myself. I don't hate myself. I guess that's self-love. But I think you got to go through all these traumatizing moments in life that for you, business flop, you know, and career change, things like that, which, and friendship issues as well, which really taught you that I kind of reflect on my choices. And then the self-love will eventually develop, right? So I think yeah. 20s is, that's probably one of the perks of being in our 20s. It's different from when I was 20. See, then I didn't have social media. Yeah. Now, like what you said earlier during this conversation of ours, the pressure is different. It's so different. Yeah. Back then, you got to do your friend, you got to do face-to-face. Now, all someone needs to do is, can what is that haircut? Ken, why is your face like this? Ken, why are your eyebrows like that? And that's it. It does affect you. Self-love now is more important than ever. And don't let some random, whether it's a troll or whether it's your friend just being an ass, because we're only human and it does affect you. Yeah. The smallest, like, Ken, your cheeks, dude, what happened? Mm-hmm. It does affect you. If you love yourself, you don't have to starve yourself. Oh my God, just because person A said Ken, your cheeks is... Tumbam, you need yeah. to starve yourself and yeah. love yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe your, your body is not made for kurusness. Maybe you are just amazing in your tumbamness, for example. Thank you. I'm literally going to embrace my tumbamness. There's actually something I've been thinking about. I've been jogging nonstop. Nothing has happened, you know. No, be healthy. Can you be okay, healthy? Yes, yes, yes. But like I said, know your body. Mm-hmm. And this is something that many people don't know. Yeah. They think, that, oh, if I go on this diet, I can kudos, but that diet may ruin your body internally. Identify your body type. There's the mesomorph, there's the endomorph. There's so many technical terms. Yeah. You know, see what fits you. If you are healthy, your heart is good, you're non-diabetic and you're tumbam, so what? Exactly. That's very, very true. Prem, it's been a wonderful chat with you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with me. I love you, bro. Love you. Thank you so much, Prem. Wonderful chat. Thank you so much.